Hey, what's up? Shiel Kapadia here. This morning, we recorded this episode of the Ringers Philly special with Jack Fritz and James Seltzer, a big Phillies preview. But this afternoon, after we recorded, Reese Hoskins suffered an injury in spring training from Matt Gelb of The Athletic, a non-contact injury carted off the field uh, looks like his left knee. So just wanted to get out in front of that. If you're wondering why we didn't address it during the show, it's because it happened after the show. Obviously, potentially uh, big repercussions from this injury, depending on how serious it is. So just wanted everyone to keep that in mind. As you listen to the show, we'll obviously talk more about this as we get more news. All right. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to the Ringers Philly Special. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. It's the Thursday show. Shiel Kapadia here today. I'm looking outside. It's rainy outside. It's not telling me it's baseball weather, but we know a week from today is the Phillies opener. We're previewing the 2023 Phillies season with two guys you know and love from the High Hopes pod from WIP. They joined me last year, James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. Guys, since we last talked, I mean, your careers are, you know, continue to take off. James is now headlining the morning show. Jack, we got Fritz at six. You can tell us more about that. I mean, how much credit do I get? The bald Indian man who had you on the Ringers Philly special. I thought that kind of elevated you to another level. James, what do you think? I'm on to something, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can't, you know, connect the two dots there. I think it honestly, of all the things that we've done, I think just being on this podcast, clearly the highlight and clearly the the launching pad, you know, for us. So she'll thank you. Thank I wanted you, to put you. Thank you, Bill Simmons. Thank you, you. Thank you, everyone involved at the Ringer. I mean, for making our careers. Thank you. I was going to put you Jack. in a press release, but I thought that might have been too much. So you know, the, the, look at press release guy over here. Press look at him. Press release. Press release. Loving it. Loving it. I love it. 
Didn't, I mean, to deny all the. Co- I didn't see it written up on the ringer though, which is disappointing. That's a good point. You know, I didn't see the morning show thing written up on the ringer either. You know, not like a big deal replacing a thirty-plus-year yeah. legend in Angelo Cataldi, but no big deal. Yeah, you know, for yourself, Shield. your buddy, your friend, apparently is re- you know part of that, but no big deal. It's all good. I would say that uh, Brian Curtis, who does the Press Box Pod, did an interview with Angelo, gave WIP some nice press, I thought, That's during true. that. I heard I'm it. not on whatever email list you guys have. I mean, I just see it. I don't even get a text. I could get a text, Jack, like, hey, you know, I got big news, you know, where I feel like our relationship has grown, something like that. But that's okay. I'll find out like everyone else on Twitter and can congratulate you now on the po- podcast. Is that all right? It's okay. Uh, I, I, I will. I will accept it, um, and we'll see if I can work you into somehow working on Frit at Six. But uh, it was, yeah, it's I was a power say, hour. You know, you know, I have baseball takes now. So just you know, hit, hit, <laughs> well, hit, listen. Hit, I was not yeah, aware you had up. baseball takes until we started doing this podcast, and it's like holy cow. <laughs> Although I, th- I still think your daughter has better baseball takes than oh, you. I, I think it's it's definitive. Yeah, so I think it's very clear. And and you know, she your choice in podcasts strong as well. Just gonna say, Naya does listen to the High Hopes Pod. I shout these guys a a, a, a video or a photo of her just sitting on the recliner listening to High Hope. So I appreciate them not cursing. We don't curse on this. See, we're podcasters uh, for the people. I want to get to a series of Phillies questions. I have topics, questions for you guys that I have. I didn't give you any prep because you talk about this literally every day, so you don't need any prep. But two more questions I got to get before we get started. James, how to, like you must get asked by everyone you see now, like, what time's the alarm set? Like, what, what is this? Do? Like, I mean, this is only the beginning for you. Wait till your daughter gets older and you're meeting other parents and stuff. Like, this is, you're going to have to answer this question uh, over and over again for years to come. How is that going? And by the way, also, what time do you wake up in the morning? Yes. There you go. Fair question. I could have used some prep for this question, actually. Um, no, I get up at 3.20 in the morning. Okay. Sucks, dude. 3.20 in the morning, my alarm goes off. I have been going, last night, no joke, I closed my eyes to go to sleep at 7 p.m., Shiel. Okay. 7 in the evening. So, yes, my life is very strange. I feel like I'm living a different life than everyone else. I will say, and now sometimes when, you know, buddies ask you to do podcasts, you're not done at 10 a.m. You know, you keep going like right now. <laughs> but in theory, being done at 10 a.m. does kind of soften the blow a bit. It is pre- it's pretty awesome when you're done at 10 a.m. and your whole day's out in front of you. And to the point of Zoe, I can go to her school things. I can pick her up, all that. But yeah, man, like when you wake up and you see the 320 there, <laughs> it's jarring. I'll just say that. And I won't be able to go to bed early with Phillies games, so I might I might not be in such a good mood coming up. Now, soon. have you done Maybe the never. fall back asleep uh, thing yet? No, I can't. I can't mess really? with it. I don't mess around at all. I used to do that. When I woke up at 6, I'd be like, oh, I get up at 6.20. I can let the snooze or whatever. Now I don't mess with it at all. Like, my worst fear is being is like being late for work. Because before, I have a wife and a daughter. So it's like, okay, like they're going to get up. I'm not going to be that late. Like, I won't miss my show. Now I can sleep through the whole show and no one will have any ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd much more concerned about waking up than I used to be. We're, so. we're going to consistently check in on this. I feel like with the Phillies games, maybe like a little 45 minute, one hour oh, yeah. nap in oh, the yeah. middle of the day. That might be That'll the key be happening, to everything Joe. for you. Yes. But I don't know you're yes. a pretty high energy guy. So I don't know if like, I, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine I, you just sitting down uh, for a nap there. So well, every time we have you on, we're going to have to check in on that. And then Jack. I Wellness mean, check. 
Jack, I heard the big news that the son is already named. I mean, you might have at any point. Now, when you look at usually you're looking at your phone when you're on as a guest and you're doing something, you're like checking high school, you know, you're checking in with your high school baseball buddies or whatever. Now you have a legitimate reason to look at your phone. You could be on your way to the hospital in the middle of this podcast. How are we doing with expected fatherhood? Uh, it's going like I just I need it to happen now. Well, today's like, the due date. Today like, is the due date. Today. Oh, yeah. really? Like, right now, oh, due date. yes. But like, wow. it never comes. In the, like the baby never comes on due dates. I feel like I feel like never. You know, if never. a doctor, if a doctor nails the due date, like I think that guy should get a lifetime achievement award. Like they they, they should be they should get like a gold star. It's like a hole in one, right? Like, you know it's like a hole. Do, in, you know, they come up with due dates. It doesn't seem like he knows how they come up. I don't with know how they dates. come up with no. due dates. I have no idea. The doctor just chooses. It's all very confusing. I'll tell you what. When they do the ultrasound and they show you the pictures, I was the guy going. I have no idea, like what I'm looking at here. This is great, dude. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like I, I was so confused. They told me like the last ultrasound that they look at it at the side and it made everything more, way more sense. I thought it was like a a, a look down and rather than a a side. Um, so things are going well, as you can tell. (laughs) Um. I, I listen. I've had the dad bod down for at least ten, <laughs> ten years now, so like I got that covered. The the jokes have gotten cornier. Um, Did they? No, no. Nah, <laughs> he's got to step up to my humor. I think more than anything. <laughs> okay. um, well, d- have you heard about the actual name itself, Shield? Like, have you? I you ha- know what? So, for a former pitcher, Jack Fritz, Mister O P Sag, never lost a game in the playoffs in high school. Uh, and of all the names, of all the names that he could choose for his son, his son is going to be named Walker. Walker! I, really? Listen. You went with Walk the Kid? Like, really? Well, but see, but here's 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 my counter. Here's my counter. What if he's got a great on-base percentage? <laughs> like, what like, what? like, what if what if he's actually a hitter? And it's, it's a good like, point, actually. It's kind of cool there. And yeah. it's like, wow, he's got, he made bat 220 with like 100 million strikeouts, but at least his OBP is 362. Yeah. Like, he seems like a classic guy that people are going to yell about on WIP for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Good. I Listen, like that. I knew you like, you I listened the to High Hope's pod. So I knew, I knew Jack liked the Taiwan Walker. Uh, I didn't know he liked it that much, but that's mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. nice feather in the, in the sun's cap. He'll know who he was named after when he arrives. All right. Let's get to some Phillies talk, baby. We're a week away from it. the opener. I basically came up with some big topics, I think, facing this team going into the season. Maybe you're a listener who says, I haven't been locked into every move in the offseason and every game in spring training, but what are the big things? So we're going to get to the big things, and I'm going to frame them. Some of them are going to be questions. Others are going to be explain this to me. First one, I mean, we got to lead with Trey Turner. After that World Baseball Classic, every Phillies fan just watching that sweet stroke, those home runs, and saying, oh, yes, we are going to be watching that every day this summer. My question to you guys, and I, and I got some data on this after you answer, more Uh-oh. likely for Trey Turner, leads the majors in stolen bases this year or wins the MVP? <laughs> Which is more likely James Start us off, my friend. What do you well, think? Well, it's a it's a great question, and I actually think both are, are on the table. I think he's going to lead the league in stolen bases. Like, I, I, I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to get on a ton on this team. I think with the new bags, we've already seen him running in spring training the time that he was here. I, I, he is uh, going into any season right now of all the players in baseball. He's got as good a bet as anybody to lead the league in bases. He's done it before. Um but I think the MVP thing is provocative, Shield, especially when you think about Bryce Harper missing the first part of the season. The numbers at the end of the year won't, you know, 
you know, add up to what you think they, you know, uh, MVP should look like. Trey Turner is going to be awesome here, and I think he's going to be in the MVP running. I think the stolen bases is more likely, though, because of how good this team is going to be, because Schwarber is going to have a big year. Harper, when he comes back, is going to have a big year. I think there's a chance that, not necessarily a split vote, but where Turner maybe doesn't get quite as much of credit as as maybe someone like, uh, you know, for last year, Paul Goldschmidt had Arenado, but just this massive year on this this one team without a lot of help comparatively. So I think those guys tend to win it more often, but... I'll say stolen bases, but both are in play, which is crazy. And to your point, I think Philly fans are going to like Trey Turner even more than they expect to, which is saying something. Yeah, uh, I agree. Jack, what do you got? He's a year removed from leading the league in stolen bases, uh, and now the bases are bigger. So, uh, you know, I'm all in on him trying to steal as many bases as possible. Um, and plus, just the pressure that he's going to put on defense is just going to be absurd. Like when he gets on first base, you Schwarber know, coming up after. Well, well and, the, and the good part for Schwarber is that if you have Trey Turner on first base, the pitcher's going to be obviously thinking about that. Um, and if he's thinking, oh, bleep, he could steal second base, he's just going <laughs> to lay fastballs hopefully to Schwarber, and Schwarber is just going to kind of go off for a little bit. So I think he could lead. I think he's going to lead the National League in stolen bases. I. The, the, the number is going to be the thing that's going to surprise people, I think. Like, John Birdie led the NL in steals last year with 41. I know you're a big John Birdie fan. I mean, uh, who Shield. isn't big yeah. John Birdie? Yeah. We're going to do Birdie yeah. in the next segment after you guys are Yeah, the Phillies killer John Birdie. Um, <laughs> he really did kill us, though. But, uh, so, 41. And, and Turner led it the year before with, like, 32. You know, is he going to get to 60? Like, is he going to get into the into the high? But, but like there, there's going to be way more stolen bases. There'll be more stolen bases. There's, I don't know if it'll get that high, but there'll be many more. more? There's, wow. but there's like if you look at if you look at the spring training numbers, like they're they already have like a a a, a ton more stolen bases. Like there's been more, um, you know, uh, more action on the base pass, with which I think baseball needed. But the MVP thing is is really interesting. Like it, it feels like they're trying to find a way to give it to Soto one of these years, you know, because he's been one of the three best players in the NL for the last five years. So. Um, you know, I think I think you could make the case of the opening day it'll be it'll be Soto, but like then it's Acuna and I think I think I think it's Mookie and it's and it's Turner. Like I think, I think it's those four. Um, and, and really for me, it comes down to team. You know, if the Phillies win the NL East and they get towards a hundred wins on the season, and like Turner's batting three ten with fifty five, sixty stolen bases and like twenty two home runs. You know, I, I don't know. How, I don't know. How you don't give it to him. So either way, like I think he leads the on zone bases, and a top five MVP, MVP finish should be in the uh, in the cards. I was looking at the numbers to try to figure out what what numbers that you know, like you just mentioned, would he need to get to to win MVP? Last ten years, there have been two other players that have hit three hundred on 30 homers and 30 stolen bases. Now, I know 30 homers is, you know, that's going to be on the high end. for Tur- Not out of the question. He's hit 28 oh, homers before. Uh, yeah. He could hit 30 homers. So uh, something like that is in play. So the reason I asked this question is the odds really surprised me. He has the same odds to lead the majors in stolen bases as he does to win MVP. It's the exact same number. Wow! Plus 1,100 for both of them. And Jack, you nailed three of the guys ahead of him in MVP odds. It's Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Acuna, and then Fernando Tatis Jr. is the fourth one who has better odds than him. So he's fifth uh, in terms of odds to win MVP. That's and silly. He's also T- fifth Tatis, the other two I get. Tatis should not be ahead of him. That That's insane. I mean, the dude missed the entire season last year. Like, that's crazy. 
Well, it's just going to be such a fan favorite right away. I mean, I just feel like from day one, as soon as people start watching him, uh, he, he's you're going to see all the jerseys and everything, and he's going to yeah. get the especially like you mentioned with Harper out the first half of the season, someone to kind of oh, yeah. cling on to. He's going to be the guy. Well, and two of the guys you mentioned are Padres. We just talked about like stealing votes, like Soto and Tatis, both Padres. And then you got Machado there too, who was an MVP candidate last year. So, you know, if we're talking about splitting votes, the Padres have a real chance to to be in that type of situation too. All right. Next question. So get excited about Trey Turner. All right. I got it. Nia's put in like, Nia's put in like three Jersey orders and I'm like, all right, just give me one. Like, who's the one that you want? And I think she settled on Trey Turner. And as you guys know, Jack, you learn with dad life, the Jersey's an investment. You get a 10 or 11 year contract in baseball. I'm feeling good about that investment. This guy's going to be here for a while. I don't have to buy a new one uh, another two years from now. No, so your daughter's just going to grow is the problem. And then you have to get that's her new true. one. You know, James, you know this. You buy a couple sizes off. It's the jersey. Yeah, it's the true. jersey can yeah, be big. My, you're exactly right. My daughter has a jersey. It's yeah. down to her knees. Yeah. It'll fit her perfectly in a couple that's of years. That's right. Call if you need tips, you know, save a couple dollars. <laughs> I'm here for you. All right. Bryce Harper over under on Bryce Harper's first at bat. I wonder if you guys think I'm putting this at a dumb date or a smart date. I'm putting it at July 1st as the over under. Let me give you the reasoning. Uh, Harper not going on the 60 day DL after Tommy John's surgery. He could go on there eventually, but it keeps the option open that he comes back within the first 60 days of the season. I was looking at the schedule. They played the Nationals June 30th. It's a Friday night game at home. Fireworks. You know, maybe that might be a night. Just ease him in, get him out there, get the ovation going. You're going to have a big crowd, maybe that. And then you have the All-Star break is July 9th. So the first game after the All-Star break is July 14th. So if you think he's coming back after the All-Star break, you're going way over. If you're kind of saying, ooh, they didn't put him on the 60-day, maybe he's coming back a little bit earlier, you're going under. Jack, why don't you start us off with this one? What do you think? Way under. Way Way, way under. under. Okay, yeah. you like both June 1st should have been your over under date, Chill. Wow. Way under. Really? Yeah, like um so obviously James and, and the morning show were they were down there earlier this week and and Boa essentially said erase the date and then Dombrowski said we're not putting him on the 60 day IL. Like they're not going to Which they, is May 29th by the way. The right. 60 if they put him on the 60 okay. day DL that would mean he couldn't play until after May 29th. So, so they're mm. saying we are hopeful enough to not put him on the 60 day DL that he could play before May 29th. Right, because they want to keep their options open, and they don't want to like. So if if, you, if they thought it was gonna be July, they would just put them on there. You know what I mean? So even uh, if they thought like mid to late June, they yes. probably just put them on there. Now it might be mid June, but the point is, if they were thinking that, they would put them on the sixty day deal. There's no reason not to. Way under Shield. That's the official statement. Way under. Way under. I, now, but it is a little procedural, right? They could still put him on the sixty day. At some point here, or you're not expecting that. Sure, theoretically they could, but I don't think Dombrowski would have come out and said that they're not putting him on. I mean, that was big news. Yeah, like two days ago, like all of baseball Twitter was talking about Harper not being put on it could be back before May 29th. I don't think Dombrowski says that in an interview on WIP unless they're, if nothing else, confident that it's not going to be much past that. All right, so June first, over under. Let's, that let's makes it tough on the fly. That's tougher. Yeah. Okay, that's what it should have been June first. I, I, oh, yeah. So if I had to pick a date, just based on everything and the potential for setbacks, I'll go like, I'll go just over that. I'll say like June sixth or something like that as just a random date. But okay. 
I think it's going to be around then, personally. So I don't have the schedule in front of me, but if I was a betting man, I would say it is a Saturday home, which I, Which he is. (laughs) Which I am. Which he is, yes. Hold on, Shield. NCAA tournament's back tonight, buddy. We got got hot last weekend. Um, If I was a betting man, I would bet on whatever Saturday home game in early June. So I don't have whatever schedule, because the Phillies are smart. They're not going to waste them on a road game. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bring him back for a road trip. Um, you know, I, I think the the notable returns that, that stick out to me. So, like when Utley came back in twelve, it was a home game against the Pirates. He had a home run off James McDonald in the first at bat. James um, McDonald, and and the, the place went absolutely insane. When Harper came back last year, it was against the Pirates. Same uh, team. High hopes night at high the ballpark. Night, just saying, no big deal. Talk about they they care about the podcast. They which did I, it which for I appreciate. Us. You know, Harper waited. He wanted to be there. You know, just no big deal. <laughs> right. So. I, Whatever Saturday in early June, I think the I think the Phillies will bring him back. I got it. All right, what day is June tenth for the Dodgers? Oh, that's Dodgers awesome. are in town. It's the it's the the they are on a road trip prior to that. They come back. They have three against the Detroit Tigers. Then it's a weekend series against the Los Angeles. And that's Dodgers. a marquee series to the best teams in the NL. The Phillies get Bryce Harper back. I see the headlines now. I just gave myself chills. Uh, <laughs> like I just I almost started tearing up thinking about Bryce. Like imagine, imagine like a sold out Citizens Bank Park, and then you hear like then set it up and set it down, and then it's like Bryce. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to tear up thinking about it. June 10th. June, June 10th. 10th. Official high up statement. June 10th. Now, listen, they might, if, if they want to really congratulate Jack here, James, I don't know if you looked at June 11th there, Chevrolet Father's Appreciation Day. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> really good point. My son can finally so, learn right. to appreciate you're me right. two months into life, this three months into point, life. a great point, Chill. Yes. And, and as we all know, if you listen to IOPS Pod, <laughs> you know that the Phillies do most things for Jack. Yes. And because of Jack. More so because of Jack, really, is the key. I mean... Bryce Harper's only here because of Jack. Well, I, I just want to know, it, like, on know. June 11th for Father's Appreciation Day, will he thank me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know he's only going to be three months old, yeah. four months old. I'm going to say he will not. So, yeah. Well, maybe he's a fast learner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your kid talks at three months. No, we like got my, something here's, special going on. You want to know my big problem, Shield, is that I've, I've kind of fast-forwarded, like, to, like, when, it, when he's, like, seven or eight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've started thinking about, like, Real bonding baseball trips and, and stuff like that. So if we could just fast forward. No, this part's great. Four. <laughs> my, so my daughter's four now. Zoe is four. I think it's my favorite age of all time. Yeah. Four is a delight. She's hilarious. Yeah. She loves her dad. Let me tell you. Wants to be with me. Wants to hang out with me. It's, it says the funniest things you've ever heard in your life. If four is great. Don't fast forward, Jack. I'm Don't just, jump ahead. I'm just kidding. You know what would be agree, a good idea for a TV you. show? You know what would be a good idea for a TV show off what you just said? Kids kids say the darnest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, yeah. you might need a new host from the one, you know, the, the previous one was a little problematic. Yeah, you're right. We can work on that. We can work on that. Uh, I would agree. Four to seven, I feel, is the real sweet spot. You know, you don't love it. They, they're going to the bathroom by themselves. They want to yep. hang out with you. They can talk. They can say things. Uh, I was just reminded when Jack said that, a joke we have in the Capadia household, you know, when we when I was first born and she was younger, one of my wife's friends, you know, they were like, the, you know, you'll have the grizzled old parents like oh, friends yeah. who are giving you the advice and he and he just got real serious and goes don't wish away time and so every time our kids are acting crazy and you're like <laughs> what is going on here i'll sometimes whisper a little yep. 
Don't wish away yep. time, which is not really welcomed as a comment to make in the moment at the time, but as a running joke over the years, uh, feel free to use that. It's a fun one to Perfect. kind of mix I look in. Forward and it to is true. It. Like, I think the single biggest, you'll, I'm sure you've heard this, when you become <laughs> a parent, the single biggest thing people say to you is, Treasure every second because it goes oh, quick. It goes fast. It yeah. goes fast. So, so it's true, but you can't really Jack. do anything about that, right, James? Like it's no. I mean, it's true. When you when they say that, it's true, but what am I supposed to do about that? I am always like, Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. thank you. I'm really yeah, I'm I will. I'm planning on treasuring every second. Yeah, I'm so with you. All right. Any more pairing advice? I mean, are we going through it. How, how many more cliche pairing advice tips are we getting in this yeah. podcast? Yeah, we'll keep going. We just got a couple topics and we'll mix them in as we go. James and I talked about it beforehand and don't worry, we're on top of it. It's the official due yeah. date. I can't believe I got you on the official due date. This is great. All I right. can't either. Yeah. Many people are wondering why I'm so like, you know, calm about this. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Wow, uh, this know, is gonna I, go great. I, I this can't, is gonna I can't go wait. Great. I just, I just, I can't wait for him to, to get it's here. Like it's all on her. Figure it <laughs> no, out, honey. No, I'm there. I'm all in. I can't wait. But like, push I, it out already. I don't know Jeez. what I'm supposed to do. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to work. All right. Yeah. All right. You gotta go That's to good. work. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Next. Yeah. I what you know. I I'll say this. I was wondering the Fritz and Six timing. Like you know, when did the show launch? Uh, last Monday. I thought, you know, two weeks before the due date of a newborn. Listen, I'm not here to tell the WIP higher-ups what to do or how to get. I'm just saying, like, maybe next time something to think about there. But don't worry. I'm sure you'll be fine. You'll be making the yes. shows. You'll be handling the baby. It'll be all good. No stress for Jack Fritz. All right. No. This one, Jack, you got to answer because you've been on this corner. I think James is on this corner, too. But I feel like you've been a little more vocal for a while now. Make the case for the Nick Castellanos bounce back that you are sure is coming. I've heard your words. I've heard your conviction. Now sell me on this actually happening. <sighs> well, Uh-oh. the spring training has not Uh-oh. been a, a great, a, a great indicator. No, um, I will say on base percentage is like 370 in spring. So at least he's not like chasing everything outside the zone. Um, my, my case for Nick Castellanos is that like, I, I just don't know. I don't know why we can't grasp, I guess, like, you know, a, a, a high-price free agent comes into a new town. He goes from, you know, Cincinnati and uh, Detroit. And he played a, 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 the second half in Chicago. And he was actually dominant, and that's an intense baseball market. So whatever. I, I think they can kind of get thrown out the window. Um, but this whole idea of, a you know, a guy in his early 30s who was just off a silver slugger year um, that was adjusting to a new city. Pitchers were pitching him differently. Um, but has always had the ability to bounce back. Like he's had down seasons, like the 2020 season, uh, the COVID year. I think he batted like, <laughs> like 220 yeah, he was bad. or he was whatever. Bad. But he's one of those guys where it's like down year, great year, down year, and then like good, good, good. Like he's just he's 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 up and down. Like that's kind of been his entire career. So um, you know, I'll take a chance on a guy that I've seen for the last decade be uh one of the better hitters in the in, in all of baseball. Like like for years, I'd seen a guy in Detroit that, yeah, the power wasn't there, but a lot of that had to do with obviously the ballpark. It's a huge ballpark, um, but at least would hit a ton of doubles, and he'd he'd batter he'd bat closer to three hundred. So, um, like, I just don't, I don't want to completely just say this guy's cooked, he's done, he's over, it's done. So, um, you know, I think we've seen enough examples throughout the history of baseball where guys get off, to, even like. 
even Bryce's first year yep. wasn't that great. Like Bryce's first Certainly year, certainly the first half of it was like, was not he, great. I think he finished the year like two sixty five with like thirty some home runs. So like Bryce is great, and Bryce is gonna be great. But like it, it it doesn't always happen where like a Kyle Schwarber shows up and he's just so comfortable with being wherever he is, and it hits forty six home runs, leads the National League in home runs, and becomes like the 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 clubhouse leader. Like that doesn't always happen. Usually um, doesn't, at least with those you know type of things. And I just you know I think pitchers you can see a guy being cooked. Like when they signed Arietta, it was like yeah he's done. You know what I mean? And with hitters, I just I think it just takes longer. Um, so uh, you know I, I'm not going to go overboard and say like he's going to get back to the 309, 34 homers like he was in Cincinnati, but like. 280 and 25 home runs. Like, that's that's what I'll take for Nick Castellanos, and that's what I think we'll see this year. James? Yeah, you I'm, on board? I'm right there. I'm right there with him. Yeah. And, I, and I, was, I was thrilled when they signed Castellanos last year. Obviously, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. But you know, I think the, the point, I mean, I, you don't see guys go 309 with 34 home runs at like age 28 or whatever he was, and then just never be good again. Like, that so rarely happens in the history of the sport especially with someone who had such a consistent track record of being a hitter. And to Jack's point about a new city and a new house and being in his family here and his wife was pregnant, there's all these different things going on. Like, I, I'm a big, like, Jack will laugh, but I say this all the time. You, know, <laughs> you say it for me. Like, athletes are humans. Like, we always think of them as these big robots to go out and, you know, or, or gladiators. Like, go play this sport and be awesome at it. But, like, they're human beings, and they have the, the same type of human issues that they go through that we all go through. And and maybe Cassianos, it was tough for him to move to this big city, to be under this type of pressure, to find a new house, which he picked the wrong ben, house. Yeah, we the all wrong know house. Ben Simmons like, pick house. Pick any other house, I buddy. Mean, burn it to the freaking <laughs> ground, Nick. But, you know, I think I think there were a lot, and he talked about it. He talked about it. it was hard for him to adjust and all that type of stuff. He's a perfectionist and he couldn't get it right and all that. So I just think with an off season, with a, in a city that he's comfortable in, in a clubhouse that he's comfortable in, I just think it's so much more likely based on the history of baseball and these types of players that he's going to bounce back. So I just think the odds say he's going to bounce back this. No, I think the interesting part with this is going to be, I think him getting off to a fast start is very important. You know, him getting off to a fast start and like, cause he made some swing adjustments, you know, Kevin Long's been working with them. Um, so you don't want, the worst thing that could happen is this, he gets off to a cold start off of swing adjustments and then he gets in his own head. Because, like, you know, then, and then he can kind of maybe be sunk a little bit. Um, and the other thing that's going to be very interesting um, is that I wonder what they do on opening day. Because, like, I would bat, not opening day, opening month, whatever, but I would bat him four or at the top of the lineup, whatever they do it, just so that they give him that confidence, like, we still believe in you. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of Phillies fans that want to bat him eighth or bat him seventh and, and bury him in the lineup. You paid him $25 million to come in here and hit. I mean, he said in his opening press conference he, he didn't get a college degree. It's baseballs. And I just think that if you start him at the season trying to, like, light a fire, I don't think he's a light a fire under, you know, and bat him 7th, 8th to see if he can work his way up. I think you got to instill confidence in him and bat him 4 or 5. I mean, Thompson never dropped him in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, he never – and I think that – We were yelling about that to, it. That, that tells you a lot about how they think that they have to manage the Castellanos thing. Um, so it, it, in my head, it's has to get off to a hot start, bat him in four or five, um, and, and hope it clicks and listen a month in, if it's not bump him down, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. See if it gets him going, but I just don't think starting him at the bottom of the lineup is the, the smart way to go here. Last year, lowest percentage of hard hit balls of his career, highest ground ball percentage 
of his career. I agree that I think the power is going to come back to a degree. I don't know if I'm up to 25 as you are, you know, maybe uh, 19 to 21, somewhere uh, in that range, because it's 2.3% home run percentage last year. I mean, he was at 5.8% in 2021. So to speak to what you were saying, I mean, that is a, that is a major difference. If you can even just get kind of in between there, you're going to see the power numbers come up. He's 31 years. I think he's still, I'm not fully on board. Like I would take the under on the numbers that you threw out there, Jack. I think he's probably still going to be a frustrating player. I think the power is going to come up a little bit. I do think the fans are going to get behind him early. You know, the Philly thing where it's like the guy hasn't performed, but we kind of like the guy because during the playoff run, all his comments about what it was like to play the jungle. jungle. Yeah, he seemed to be genuinely touched and enthused about the environment. And it wasn't, you know, he had the one thing about... And he made some big catches. Like we wanted the bats, obviously. Those catches mattered. Like he made some important plays in the playoffs at least. He did, yeah. And he, I, I liked the comment about how, you know, that really, when he said, what did he say? Sometimes it's hard to concentrate in the regular yep. season. I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is the baseball player version of me. I'd be like, God, this is kind of, we got to, we're playing again. Like it's, yeah, July 14. I appreciate you giving him some love for that. I don't think that Philadelphia loved that comment per se. That is like the last thing. Just, you're playing a game. Just focus in and play the game. All right, big dog. Well, but, he said it at the right time. He yeah, said he it. Said it the right time. He said right. while they're in a World <laughs> yeah, Series right. run. If he says it yeah. after like a you know, regular season game yeah. where he makes two hours, probably would not go over <laughs> as well. All right. Let's get to the pitching staff. Okay. So we have the Ranger Suarez news. Uh, elbow forearm inflammation unlikely to start the season in the rotation. What does the back end of this rotation look like until Suarez is back? And how concerned are you about the back end of the rotation? James, I think it's your turn to get us started on this one. So I actually think there's a decent chance Rangers still starts the season in the rotation. They just don't pitch him deep into games. Topper was talking about how it's likely that they'll keep him in the rotation. But, you know, three innings, four innings, whatever. First, what I'll say on Ranger is, you know, he is, and we've talked about this before, but an all-time rubber arm guy. You know, the fact that... You know, what they would say is a a normal schedule for someone else. I don't think necessarily means the same thing for Ranger Suarez. I mean, when he went from closing to starting, we were like, oh, it's going to take him like a month to to build himself up. He threw like six innings in his second start, you know? So I I do think that he is a bit of a freak when it comes to his ability to get his arm ready to to pitch or to throw a lot of pitches. But look, I, I think, you know, Jack and I talked about this on our most recent IOPS pod. I think that if you're looking at this team and you're looking at, you know, kind of where the biggest concern is... I do think it's the starting pitching depth. It's the back end of that rotation. And I, I'm not concerned about Ranger over the course of the season. I think he's really good, and I'm really excited to see what he brings this year. But I do think you know, you've know you got those four guys, and then there's a lot of question marks. And, and we like Bailey Falter for what he is. And you know Andrew Painter, obviously, assuming you know he comes back and you know the arm's okay and all that, deeper into the season could be a real difference maker on the back end. But right now, you do have a lot of question marks, and we know... We know, and we haven't even started the season, we're already doing it, but it's a long season and guys are going to get hurt and we know that there are going to be periods of time. Look, they lost Wheeler for like a, what, a month last season. You're going to go through stretches where you need more arms than the Phillies have right now. So I, I'm not like uber concerned. And again, it when we're talking about a team where I'm, I'm 
cannot wait to see this lineup play baseball where I think it's the best bullpen we've seen here in a long time, like since the championship type teams, you know, the Madsen Alleged type stuff. You know, I think, and and I like the top of the rotation. So I, I think we're really, you know, um, grabbing for something to, to be concerned about when we're talking about this. But I do think that starting pitching depth matters. It is something that plays itself out over the course of a long season. And, you know, I like Bailey Falter, but, uh, you know, outside of that, they don't really have dudes that you feel super confident about on the back end or if guys get hurt. So I'm not, like, panicking about it. And and look, they can supplement as the season goes on. They can make a trade, all that type of stuff. But I do think that right now, if you're looking at this team and saying, all right, what what's a concern? I do think the back end, the, the depth in the starting rotation is the concern for me. Would you say the baseball season is a marathon, not a sprint? Not a sprint. Okay. That's true. Yes. I just want to make sure we, we, we're yes. working that in. Because people do say that. Um, they do. They do. Uh, so I'm not like, I'm not freaking out about it. And I think the reason why I don't I don't feel like the sky is falling in a way is because uh, two reasons. You know, they had, they brought in Matt Strom, who they they talked about they're going to stretch out more. He wasn't a great starter, but what they can get is three to four innings out of him. So it, it's a bit opener ish e in a way. Um, but the, but we'll, it would cause me more concern if I didn't believe that they had seven guys in the bullpen that mm. I that I could trust to get outs. And for the first time. Since the heyday, oh wait, um, I believe that they have a bullpen full of guys that can get out, get outs, and they have more in AAA that I think can come up and get outs. So it's like if any of the guys are tired and have options, bang, I can bring up an Eric Yulman, I can bring up a McKinley Moore, I can bring up these guys that are Andrew Vasquez. You know, they they can bring up these guys from from Lehigh Valley that can help um, manage your way through you know the first month of the season, and you know whether Ranger starts the season rotation or they they ramp him back up and. He's back in in you know May first. You know I I don't think it's I don't think it's going to sink them. Um, the only thing that that worries me is that now it's putting more pressure on Wheeler, Nola, and Taiwan Walker to take down innings. And I in in my perfect world heading into the season, it was um, let's go six man. Let's uh, have Wheeler and Nola not pitch more than five innings in, at a time, so that we can kind of save their arms for the stretch run. Now it's like I need six innings pretty much every time you go out there yeah. so that when we do pitch Bailey Falter, when we do pitch uh, Matt Strom, we can't just tax our bullpen over and over again. And if they think about taxing the bullpen, I do wonder if it does affect what they do with the Jake Cave, Derek Hall decision. And if you want to carry an extra pitcher and you keep Derek Hall in AAA for a year or for the, at the beginning of the year, or you keep Jake Cave and whatever AAA, I don't know if they even can. Dude, um, he's been the literally the best hitter in spring training. <laughs> so, J.K. will be on the roster. So on the surface, in baseball, the, I mean, not just the Phillies' best hitter. He's been the best <laughs> hitter in baseball. Yeah. Well, you can bat him clean up uh, on opening day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's so it's so. And by the way, talk about a, talk about a possible uh, Phillies fan group, Caveman. Oh, buddy, you know, love like it. you have them back there. Strong. Yeah. Um, we need to get those back. Yeah, that they're is, coming that, back. They, they need to. They're they coming back. To. I mean, Painter obviously made for it. There's a lot of yeah, opportunity. The Bob Ross, but Diaz uh, floats. Yes, I mean that, that's that was be the best. We love those. Yeah. The, yeah, the Wolfpack. I mean, all. It's I just, was a big Bidias Flotillas guy too. I thought that was I thought, very. I, was a, I like the Wolfpack, man. A little, you know, it's just simple. You know, you're, you're a simple guy. Yeah, I get it. Sheila and I, you know, <laughs> ma- like higher level thinkers type of thing. You know, it's okay. No big deal. No big Many deal. people do say that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So it's not like opening day doesn't concern me that much, but you know. It, 
it, it, it's how it affects the the top three of the rotation too that that I have a concern with. What is your James mentioned uh, Painter? What is your dream? What is the best case scenario for what we see from Andrew Painter this year? If you could sketch uh, it, well, give me the best case, or, or and then maybe James, you give me the most likely case sure. for Andrew Painter. Well, best case is so what I would do at this point is I don't think I pitch him until July first, and then I would have him just like hundred innings. So like July to World Series Game Seven um, is 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 when I'm getting game my four, my maybe. Andrew Painter. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. She, I was like yeah. seven. Well, no. World Series Game <laughs> no. Four. World yeah. Series Game Four. He's he's on the mound. So like I, I, at this point. You know, be extra careful with it. He's 19. You don't need to rush him back. Uh, and you, you you proceed with caution. And then right around July, you start getting into the dog days. Um, you know, the, last year they 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 um, would give Wheeler an, or Nola an extra day. So he would pitch on, pitch on six, or six days rest or seven days rest. Um, so they start doing that thing. Ranger, they kind of shut down at one point. Back spasms. I kind of think that was also load management-y. Uh, Wheeler was kind of load management-y. So... Right around that time is when Andrew Painter can kind of start developing and start, um, you know, going out there and and you know showing what he can do. I mean, it's like he's a number six prospect in all of baseball right now, the best pitching prospect. So uh, I would say sit him until July and then bang stretch run. It's uh, the Andrew Painter show. I actually think, think that is. I think that's how it's going to play out. Again, look. You know, the, the concern is that he rests and then throws and the arm's not better. And then that's, you know, the, the big overarching concern that we all have. It doesn't feel like that's where this is headed, just from the way the team has talked about it, the way Boris has talked about it and all that. But, you know, I do think the Boris thing matters. Like, this is a 19-year-old best pitching prospect in baseball. This is a guy who could make, you know, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars playing baseball, literally. I mean, like, he can make $500 million playing baseball, more potentially with how young he is. I know that's crazy, but if he does, you know, project out, like, 19-year-olds who's done what he's done at his age in AA or whatever, like, they usually, if they if they make it, end up being Hall of Fame-type talents, Hall of Fame-type players. And if you're talking about pitching for, you know, the next 10 to 15 years in baseball, like, he could make that kind of money. Maybe not quite $500 million, but, like, a lot of money so for Scott Boris, Scott Boris is not at all worried about this year. He's worried about the future of Andrew Painter. And Scott Boris is going to play a big role in how this plays out. We all know how these things work, and we all know how powerful Scott Boris is. So I think they're going to be very, very careful with him. And I do not think they're going to force him back. I do not think they're going to play this quickly. And, and to Jack's point, they don't really need to. You know, that's kind of the beautiful thing about this situation with Painter. So I think July, and, and that might even be optimistic, it might be July you start to see him make some some minor league starts and you start to kind of roll there. It just really depends on how, how long they want to take it and how his arm's responding. But I do think, if I had to bet, I do think we'll see him in the majors by August at the latest. And I think they're going to ramp him up and I think they're going to want to have him be a part of, of a playoff rotation or at worst, uh, a three-inning guy to start games depending on where his development's at at that point. But... Um, I think we'll see him this year, but you know, I think it's something that that neither the team nor the agent is going to push. It'll be some fun juice, some fun July August oh, juice. Buddy. Get him out there. Oh. Yeah, we get Bryce in June. We get yeah. Painter in July, yep. uh, and we get a parade in November. Look at I mean, you. there you go. How's that sound? You got it sketched out. All right, last two for you guys. All right, so this one: rank the following three players based on who you're most bullish on going into the season. Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, 
Edmundo Sosa. Sosa on fire in the oh. spring. Yes, yeah, small sample spring training. We know still. The guy's hitting like, what, 516 or something uh, in spring training. Boom, bulked up, bulked up a little bit. You know, he's hitting the weight he room. Up. 10 hey, pounds of muscle. Up. Our favorite story in every sport, uh, spring training, training camp, whatever. Guy gets bigger. Guy adds more muscle. Always fun. And then we have Bryson Stott, who went through the ups and downs last year, came came through it, had some very nice at-bats uh, in the postseason, just 25 years old. I was reading a Matt Gelb story. Stott said he watched every playoff game at home on TV, rewatched it uh, during his offseason, which I can't get enough of these quotes, by the way. I know you guys, I feel like, are the same way. Like, Bohm said this is the most fun he's ever had playing mm-hmm. baseball. He's addicted to the playoffs. Stotts rewatching uh, all these games. I love all of it. But those three guys, Bohm, Stott, and Sosa, Jack, who are you most bullish on to least bullish on out of those three? Uh, so I will go Boom Stott Sosa, but my Sosa answer is is twofold because I think uh I think Sosa's starting at third base next year. But not this wow. year. But I think he starts Boom to first, Sosa to third. And I think mm. they I think they get I think they get similar Spicy. I think they get similar production from Hall and Boom at first base for an entire year. Whenever there's a righty, I guess Hall could play first and 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 Boom could play third. But mm-hmm. I think Sosa you know, I think he develops more and more into the the everyday third baseman next year. So um, I'm very bullish on his future. I guess just for this team, you know, unless Stock comes out and struggles, you know, and he and he he's still batting 240 ish or whatever, um, then he could work his way into some second base reps. The center field thing comes down to Marsh, you know, and and if he can hit lefties, um, that's been the thing in his career. But my 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 overall feeling is that they're going to give Stott and Marsh every opportunity to make sure they take the job and, and run with it. So I don't think they're going to panic if they get off to a slow start and then Sosa comes in. I think I, I love him. And I, and he made some swing adjustments this offseason. Um, you know, a lot of hitting now is about fluidity and getting in, in that kind of, uh, like of a rhythm. And he's gotten way more, uh, he's gotten way more uh, rhythmic with his hitting. So um, I think he's, he's primed for eventually being an everyday player. I don't think it's this year. I just, I think Bohm's going to be a monster. Like, I think Bohm is, I think this is the year where it's like, okay, he gets into all-star consideration and he's competing towards the batting title. Like, he he was the number three pick in the draft. He added five to 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. He is lifting the ball more and finally driving out of the ballpark, which is what we care about. But he also is saying, like, I'm not sacrificing hitting for uh, more pop. Like, he's not selling out for the home run. So I think it's like turning into a beautiful mix of hitting the ball hard, hitting it all over the field, not just trying to lift and launch. And we're going to see him kind of developing into like one of the like the better hitters in the NL. And I think by the end of the year, I would be I would honestly be disappointed if by the end of the year he's not in the top four of the lineup. Whether he's batting number two when 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 Harper comes back and it goes Turner, Bohm, Harper, or like batting four in a cleanup spot, like Bohm. I would be I would be disappointed if Bohm is not in the top four of the lineup by the end of the year. Wow, James? I mean, I, that, Jack outflanked me there, so I don't, I don't know what else I could say. <laughs> I agree with the order. I think he's right. I think Bohm's going to have a great year. We talked to Bohm when we were down in Clearwater this week with the morning show, and to Jack's point, he talked about how you know, he's not doing the launch angle stuff. He's not messing with his swing. He's like, 
I see a ball and I take it where it's supposed see to go. See ball, hit ball. See ball, hit ball. Like, and that's what he's saying. And, and and I mean, you've seen it this spring that he has been hitting the ball harder and further. And he, you could see it just in the way he carried himself. Like, there's a confidence there that didn't used to be there. Jack and I had Alec Bohm on high hopes <laughs> back when he was in the minor leagues. And no joke, it was a disastrous <laughs> interview. Like, he was just, he was horrible. He wasn't confident. He really didn't talk well and all that. Like, he was great with us this week on WIP. Like, he was confident. He was like, he knew what to say. He knew what to, you know, and he even looked at, like, the baby fat's gone. Like, he's got a bit of chiseling out of the cheeks and all that. I just think, and he talked about growing into his body. He's like, I'm a big dude. Like, I'm growing into it. I think he's grown into himself, and I think both from a confidence perspective and a and a and a bat perspective. And to Jack's point, he was the third pick in the draft. Like the third pick in the draft should be a star. Like it doesn't usually happen. Baseball is weird, but the idea of taking a guy third in the draft is this guy's going to be a star for me. So like the ceiling for Bohm is a lot higher than I think people think about when we watch him play the last few years, kind of just slapping the ball around. So I'm I'm ecstatic about Bohm. I think Stott, uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited about Stott as well, especially seeing him move to second base. I think he's going to thrive there. And, you know, we've seen the the big spots. With, I know he didn't play well in the World Series, but prior to that, we saw some really good at-bats and some some big hits and big spots from Stott. So I'm excited, and he's the type of guy they need. Look, with the amount of money they've spent across the diamond, Middleton clearly willing to spend, but you need some cheap guys. You need some guys you bring up through your system who play. And look, Sosa, I think Sosa's going to be the do-everything guy this year. I think we're going to see him in center field. We're going to see him at, at, you know, wherever a guy's need a blow, whenever you want to get a guy off his feet to DH, whether it's first, whether it's third, whether it's this, whatever, like, we're going to see Edmundo Sosa playing there, and I think he's going to be able to play all those positions at a, at a pretty high level, and he's just, he's the type of guy you want on a team. Winning teams have Edmundo Sosa's on them. Well said. He's going to, you know, somebody's going to get injured and he'll get in there and he'll play and then someone else will get injured and he'll come in and he'll play there. All right, let's finish on this one because I would say you, I mean, you, the high hopes pot, it's in the name. I mean, you guys are like the most optimistic (laughs) Philadelphia (laughs) podcast, probably that, uh, that there is. Maybe as ever. I'll be honest. But you know, when I listen to a team that was so bad for a couple of years, we've literally been doing this pod for six years and it's like, we finally had a fun year and yet somehow still (laughs) high hopes the whole time. Now we may or may not have threatened to become a Rays podcast a few times over the years, you know, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're good now. Yep. And we always trusted Dave Dombrowski. Always. Never doubted him for a half of a second. Course. Not even. And I've heard you talk about, you know, John Middleton saying multiple championships right. yeah. and one isn't enough. Not just that, are- Shield. John Middleton said... When you look back in 50 to 100 years, the history of baseball, he's like, and they talk about the great teams in the history of the sport. I want this Phillies team to be on it. Like, he, I mean, my man. We call him Jack Middleton on the pod because he earned it. There you go. So uh, you're, you're Castellanos bounce back. Boehm is going to be an I mean, every player I've asked Everything's about. Everything's fine. I you're think they're winning the World Series, Shell. So, I do. I really okay. think they're going to win the World Series. So here's so that, the question. That's where my and You may not even want to answer this question. But I'm okay. gonna ask it anyway. Oh God! How does this? How does this go badly? What is Why? the? What, this listen, one. This you're not on high hopes. Jack, you're wow. on this. Yeah. You want to work for WIP? <laughs> come on over. Yeah, yeah come on you over. Can definitely find a spot. For come on over, Shield. Well, here, let, let me give you the reasoning. Okay, so it's yeah. What is the doomsday scenario? Because if you look at you know not not that the betting markets know everything, but they are plus three forty to win the NL East behind the Braves and the Mets. They are yeah. plus yeah. seventy seven fifty to win the NL behind the Braves. Dodgers, Padres, and Mets. They are plus 1,500 to win the World Series. That's eighth. 
behind the Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Padres, and Blue Jays. Their over-under for wins is 88 and a half. They won 87 games last year. The last time they won over 88 and a half was 2011. And so I'm with you. I feel like this is going to be the most fun baseball season I've ever had. That's the space that I'm in. I'm not missing an inning. You got the, oh, 640 start times. Talk to me. Pitch clock. Pitch clock, I'm all baby, in. Pitch clock. I love it. And don't say anything bad about the pitch clock. This should have been, we're going to be it. saying, this should have been done 10 years ago. Yeah. It's amazing. However... I need to know why, you know, all those things in my head would lead to, you know, some of these numbers say, no, they're the favorites or they're right there. There's not a big division between them and the Mets and the Braves and these other teams. The markets aren't telling me that. You know me, I like a little data uh, here and there. So how does it go badly? How, what is the doomsday scenario where they win fewer games than they won last year, where this isn't quite the season we're expecting. And by the way, you can't say injuries because we all know injuries. Injuries happen. Aside from that, what is the scenario? Neither of you so, want to start, so I'm not going to so whoever wants to take first it first. First and foremost, Vegas is getting it wrong, I think is the big takeaway there. I really do they believe that. They usually do. They usually, I mean, they did last year, right? They have <laughs> going World Series, just saying. But uh, And they have the Eagles at eight and a half wins. That is right. Great point. Thank Good you, Jack. Point. Good point. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, and your look. I think if if we're gonna go down this road, which is a horrible road, yeah, classic and, negativity. Two yeah. and five, five nine two, yeah, ninety four, ninety four. We're the WIP guys here. <laughs> um, I I think look, it's, I think part of it's what we just talked. I mean, first and foremost, Bryce Harper is out. You know, two months or sixty days at least, or whatever it's gonna end up being. Or you know, so like we kind of just are like, oh, no big deal. This offense is great, and I do believe that. But you know, you are missing the you know MVP of the league two years ago for uh, at least a. a a third of the season, let's say, or or maybe a little less than a third of the season, hopefully, whatever that is. And that is substantial. And then he still has to get back and get into flow and get going and stuff like that. So maybe you're talking about a half a season in real Bryce Harper. So that hurts if you want to look at it that way. But I think it goes back to what we talked about before. I think it's the starting pitching. And I think it's, you know, we're not predicting injuries, but more the point that, like, that Zach Wheeler pitched deep into the season last year. Aaron Nola pitched all year and took no time off and pitched super deep into the season last year. That you're asking, and and that those guys are so crucially important. Like I, I can't really come up with scenarios like, well, look, Cassianos might not bounce back. Maybe Bohm doesn't take his biggest step forward. Like there are things you can point to, but I just don't feel. I don't feel those are realistic. I think this offense will score runs. Like they will just score. Like I don't feel right even predicting that. But could Wheeler take a step back? Could Nola take a step back? Coming off these deep, deep, deep runs. Yeah, like I think that's something you could see happening. And if that happens, and it trickles down the staff and Bailey Falter isn't quite as good as he was last year when asked to perform and Taiwan Walker is an up and down pitcher has a few more downs and ups like you could see it going bad and you could see this team maybe not winning as many games because they just cannot score everybody and and you're gonna have days where the offense doesn't show up so again I obviously don't think this is gonna happen but if I'm looking at how do I think is most likely that this team disappoints this year I think it's that way. Yeah, and I think it comes down to if they get off to a slow start and the NL East is so good mm-hmm. that they get they, like the difference between what the Eagles have in the NFC and what the Phillies have is massive. Like the yeah, Phillies have point. what five teams that that think they can win the World Series this year? I mean, the Padres, Dodgers, 
Cardinals think they can. They won't, but they think they can. Um, Braves and and Mets. I mean, that's five teams that think right now we can win the World Series. So, and that's not the case, you know, in in a lot of sports. Like the NL East this year, I wasn't alive for it. I know you guys are are cooked and old, but um, ah, like the the thanks, ni- the nineties NFC East. Like I, I was always jealous of that. Like I was always jealous of like every team hating each other because like everyone was so good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the NL East is this year, where it's like Phillies, Braves, and Mets all are really really good. Like. All three of those teams could realistically win hundred games. Like if, if if you want to be frank about it. So if they well, especially to, with the schedule now, right. with the, you know they don't have to play each other as much, so they they have more opportunities. If Which they really I get... hate, but whatever. Um, it, it, so if they get off to a slow start and they can't bounce back, and, and Harper's not ready to go. Like the thing is, Harper always takes two weeks to get going. So you know you got to factor that in when when he gets back. He usually has a good first game. Yes, and always. <laughs> yep. uh, also, you can factor in Reese uh, sitting out the second half of the year because he didn't get paid his contract. Oh, Nola, Nola just sitting out, being like, you know what. I'm done. I'm out. Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, outside of injuries, you know, the Taiwan Walker has been a bad second half pitcher the last two years, even though he's been really good in the first half and people are like, Oh my God, there's a Taiwan Walker breakout. And then he's terrible in the second half. Um, Andrew Painter's not as good as we all think, you know, like I said, Andrew Painter doesn't pitch. Yeah, like Andrew well, Painter might, might, might not pitch this year. I mean, but if he does happen. pitch, like I, I said this on, on one of the high host podcasts where it's like, him, put it, him, him pitching to a four-year is a win this year. And I know, like, when you think of a, a, a you know, superstar-level prospect, the idea of pitching to a four-year is like a failure. It's not. Like, like 19-year-olds don't come up and dominate. You know, it's, it's, it's still baseball, still Major League Baseball. And you saw it in his first outing this year where it's like, he was really good. You saw all that you need to see when it comes to this stuff. But, like, they still hit him around a little bit. So, um, you know, Painter's not as great. Wheeler and Nola, they, they're tired. Um, you know, like, the, the I, I just I, I don't know what the scenario would be for the offense other than injuries. Like the offense, there's too many track records there. Um, like it's it's Casty not bouncing back, but still like Cat, then, yeah. but then you can Schwarber and Turner and Harper eventually comes back. It's just like too much firepower, right? Like yeah. I I think I think the 88 and a half Romuto. I yeah right. I think the 88 and a half is a is the overreaction to the Bryce thing. I agree. That's my feel. I, I think I think it's I and think an it, overreaction to the Mets and the Braves too. I think the Mets thing is the most overblown thing in the world, but it's, and they—they're the ones who've been hit by injuries. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. what's happening here? But I think if if you told Vegas that Bryce is starting on opening day, I would think the over/under is ninety-two and a half. So I think I think that I think I think that's the overreaction. And if he's back J- June tenth, like we said, he's he's missing him uh, two months. You know, so uh, you know it, it's it's hard to find. The, the reasons why they're going to struggle. Um, but, you know, I think getting off to a slow start, NL's really good. Maybe the, the starting staff isn't as good as we thought. I think the bullpen's pretty set outside of injuries. Um, and I, I just I disagree with Vegas. How's that? I love having the bullpen safety net where it's like, yeah, all right. Oh. If, if you have some stuff that falters, no, not, no pun intended, yeah, uh, with the starting rotation, it's like, all right, you're not dreading those relievers. What a thought, Shio. What a thought! How many? How many? <laughs> does that, we we had the worst bullpen in the history of the sport three years ago. And then the to your point about the lineup. I mean, Castellanos was what he was last year. Harper yeah. was out last year, and you were seventh yeah. in the majors in runs scored last year. So it's like you yep. can kind of weather uh, some of those things. So let me be clear: I'm bullish on this team. I'm taking all I the know, overs. I've got 94 and 68. Uh, when are yes. you guys making your? Have you made your official uh, record predictions? We have not. Or no? We will make it on uh, high, hopes uh, pod. high hopes pod next week, I guess, because we did one on Tuesday or Monday. So we have not. It, whenever our next high hopes pod, we'll yeah. make an official prediction. Gosh. I guess. We don't, we, Listen. to be fair, to be fair, we don't know. I mean, it could be, you know, 
in the hospital. It soon. comes down to Walker. Yeah, Walker is going to decide when we'll make our prediction, but it, it'll be out. Listen, if I have to do a podcast from the hospital, yeah, I'll yeah, do it. He'll do it. I know you will, actually. And let me talk can, about content. Can I also <laughs> say it's quite nice because the amount of times that I've had Shield on our show and Joe, Joe DeCamera, our host, been like, Hey, Shield, prediction for the game. Up and up. Sorry, I don't make my official prediction until <laughs> Thursday on Loyalty. this podcast or whatever. Loyalty. You know, now I get to give it back to you a little bit. Like, Loyalty, Shield. That's go. what we call uh, that. Yeah. I love yeah. li- listen, little little uh, advice from like a, a veteran in the bit. Like predictions for a podcast is good. People like hearing those. So make sure you make the predictions on the oh, high host pod. All right, get your plugs out of the I, way. Did, did Plug I, high on, real quick, real quick, real quick. Did I not say I think they're winning the World Series this year? Is that not a good yeah. enough prediction for you, Shield? No, that, that, I mean, that, come that, on. What more do you I need? Want you need a number, stuff, you know? On. You were bringing the good. You I'm know, the predicting the Phillies home. win the World <laughs> Series this year. That's what I'm. <laughs> Me too. I'm taking the overs on anything. I'll take the Turner MVP odds. I'll take the over 88 and a half. Uh, what fun is it to take any of the unders on any of those things? That's what we're going to be rooting for. All right, get your plugs in. You guys have work to do. Tell the people how they can find you. Well, how can't you find us? You know, I mean, <laughs> you work a lot. Listen, uh, so like, all right, listen. James is on the morning show, so if you if you're looking to get your morning started the right way, you listen to the morning show. You hear Seltzer chime in with his, his little stuff, um, his, his cute little <laughs> stuff, and then and then listen. The the the, the big the big guns come out from two to six. Yes, that's it. And then uh, the biggest gun. Yeah, from six and then to seven. and then what they what, what what many people say in radio is the most important hour and the, oh, the, yeah. really the time that you want most <laughs> listeners listening is from six to seven at that's night. That's it works. So, Not in the mornings. Six yeah, to seven. six yeah. to seven at night. So um, Fritz at six, Art at six. Uh, me and the King riding with the King Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then uh, High Hopes. Just listen all to the Spot. Yeah, all listen to Spot. That, that's all putting, we ask of you. Putting all uh, pre, so I'm doing pre and post for the Phillies this year as well, Shield. So I'll be if you're riding down to the ball game and you need a, a, the the right kind of energy mm-hmm. heading into the ball game, I'll be there. And then I'm doing final out for post game, which will be in our feeds and also on the radio. So if you're leaving the ballpark, I also got you covered there. It's just uh, how much more Phillies content can we can we provide? That's one of the great traditions is, is turning on WIP before or after attending a Philadelphia sporting event. Mm-hmm. Like throughout my 40 years on this earth, you always got to do that. James is killing it on the morning show. We haven't worked out the details. I'm sure we'll have some arrangement where I'll be joining them during oh, yeah, you definitely next will. year. Fritz will probably want me on in August to talk. Some we're just going to put a, we're like going to put a stipulation a in that you have to predict it on our show. Now it's going to be mm. part of the contract. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. We can, we can negotiate a little bit. That that's true. The morning, you know, morning shows got some the mornings, juice there, Jack. I'm I might have to switch it up. All right. <laughs> These guys are great. Listen to high hopes. I listen to high hopes. Naya listens to High Hopes. It's fun. Uh, listen to it to every week. This is going to be a fantastic season. It's going to get started next week. We will have these guys back on. Maybe when Jack's like one week into fatherhood, we'll have him on. See how he's doing. We'll have James <laughs> on. I'll be giving see you if two his advice. alarm is still yeah. set uh, at the same time. All right. We will be back after the break to get to Cliff's group chat. Thank you again to Jack Fritz and James Seltzer. Talk to you in a second. Welcome back to the Ringers Philly special. That was fun. Always fun having the high hopes guys on now. The fun segment for the third week in a row, I think. Cliff's group chat. Cliff, you got to be pumped about Phillies after after that. Those guys get me pumped about the Phillies every time I talk to them. Man, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start. Like, I'm hoping it starts tomorrow. I'm hoping I get a chance to go to that. Go to that series up here and uh, up here in New York, up in uh, Yankee Stadium. So I can't wait. And them those dudes got me ready. I was already locked in anyway. 
But I mean, after hearing what they had to say, I, I mean, I can't wait to see Trey Turner in a Phillies uniform, man. Uh, it's going to be amazing after that World Baseball Classic. All right, Cliff hits us with everything happening in Philadelphia sports. He's got these group chats. We don't know what topics are going to be brought up. We don't know what ridiculous takes he's going to send me uh, during the course of the week or what he's going to bring up here. So, Cliff, what do we got this week on the group threads? What are the people talking about? All right, Mr. Football Expert here. So let's start off with the <laughs> signings of uh, Nick Morrow and Justin Evans. Obviously, Nick Murrow is a linebacker. He played weak side linebacker for the Bears last year, played middle linebacker for the Bears before Roquan Smith was traded to the Bears. And Justin Evans was a safety last year with the uh, Saints, I believe. And, um, yes. you know, the the returns, don't they don't really get me hyped up, man. And they didn't really get the group hyped up either. So I'm going to give you um, a quick rundown on Nick Murrow. So he surrendered an 83.6% completion rate when targeted in 2022, which was tied for the 11th worst NFL among linebackers with at least 250 coverage pass snaps. In run defense, Murrow was worse. His 13 missed tackles on run defense tied for the third most among linebackers. And his 14.8% missed tackle rate was tied for fifth worst among linebackers with at least 250 run defense snaps. Early returns on Nick Murrow signing. What are you thinking? I mean, Cliff's bringing the data and the numbers to this thing. Look at the way this segment is going. Uh, to me, this is about like a let's zoom out and talk about the philosophy. Before the draft, you want to set the floor at every position so that you don't go into the draft saying, shoot, we've got nothing at position X. We've got it's the second round. We kind of like this other guy better, but we've got to draft this position because we've got no one there right now. So I think that's the philosophy Howie Roseman has embraced. And I think it's a smart philosophy. So look at Nicholas Murrow, Murrow as sort of a floor setter. I'm not going to come on here and hype up Nicholas Mora. Okay, you got him for, we don't even know the terms yet, which tell you the terms probably aren't that good. I will say this, the coverage stats, and you see a lot of them circulating this time of year, they can be a little deceiving because, I mean, the Bears are playing a lot of zone coverage. How many of those are just kind of underneath passes where he's told, hey, stay behind, make the tackle, four, six-yard gain, whatever. Like, that's what he's supposed to do in in that scheme. So uh, I think he's an okay player. I think he's fine. Like he's probably going to, if you had to play him, he would be a below average starter, but I don't think he would be a disastrous starter. Now, my opinion could change on that. Let's uh, see what happens. I thought he was better in 2020. I actually did, I think, my top 150 free agents for the athletic that offseason. And I think I had him at like 106 or something. So he he made the cut and got a one-year $3 million deal uh, from the Bears there. So Athletic guy, has not been a great player, has been an okay player. The Bears were more than comfortable moving on from him and signing two new linebackers. That tells you something. He's been a free agent before. He hasn't gotten a big deal. So if they had to play a game tomorrow, you're looking at Morrow and N'Kobe Dean which we don't know anything about when N'Kobe Dean's going to be. I mean, that's legitimately going to be one of the worst linebacker pairings or one of the most unproven linebacker pairings in the entire NFL. So uh, I understand the concern, the skepticism. This is one where I say, let's wait and see what it looks like in the months ahead. Let's see what it looks like on week one. But I have no issue uh, with the signing and at least getting someone in there who's played football before because they didn't have anybody like that uh, on the roster. For sure. I'm starting to be, uh, you know, be uh, more hopeful for Nicobe Dean as well, too. I'm thinking, you know, maybe second year, maybe it develops into something. Maybe the offseason helps him. Who knows? Third round pick. He was supposed to be like a late first round pick. So there's always something there. I mean, he has to just prove himself, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Once get an just, opportunity, let's say. Right. Get an opportunity to just see. So Justin Evans, right. 
second round pick in 20. His story is crazy, by the way. He was a second round yeah. pick in 2017. He played 92% of the snaps in 2018. Missed three seasons, Shill. Three seasons to an Achilles injury. That's crazy. And I think he's only like 26 or 27 or something like that. 27, yeah. He's 27 years old. Missed three seasons of football. So he, last year, he plays 39% of the snaps for the Saints. Played a lot of safety last year. Played a lot of slot last year. Again, we still kind of don't know really what he is or who he is either. But a lot of people are thinking that might just be like a special teams type of guy, maybe a Kavon Wallace type of role. I still think they need to do something at the safety position and address that as well. Um, I, I just don't feel comfortable with him coming in there and being like the day one starter and relying a lot on him because he played only 39% of snaps last year. Is he going to, you know, I think when Chauncey played, I'm pretty sure he played every snap that he was allowed to play, correct? Yeah, he didn't come off the field. Yeah, he yeah, was he 100% did. of Yeah. Right. He played 100% of the snaps. So, I mean, we can't have a halftime safety, can we? I mean, this is a new defense. Yeah. I get it. But a halftime, like playing 39%, playing 45% of snaps, I don't think that's going to work here. Yeah. No, this to me is just a complete flyer. Like he might not even be on the roster next year. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this is like, let's see what he's got. I will say those Achilles injuries, you talk to any athlete, like those are among the most brutal to come back from. And it like wears on you uh, mentally. Like even you, like I remember I was in Seattle, Jimmy Graham uh, was out there coming back from it. That's one where you really, uh, it's like a grueling process. And so it does show some perseverance, some kind of, you know, me- mental toughness that he was able to do that. But yeah, come on. I mean, he's had 25 starts in six seasons. Like you mentioned, he missed three seasons in a row in there. I mean, honestly, most of the time your career is over. You missed three seasons in a row in your mid twenties. You're not getting another opportunity to play. So again, that does speak something to him in terms of perseverance. But this to me is just like, let's bring him in. Let's see how healthy he is. Let's see what he looks like in the scheme. Let's see what we come away from uh, with the draft with, and then we'll figure it out. So it's kind of throwing a bunch of darts and hoping one of them fits. But uh, the Eagles were very clear about this move as soon as they made it. You saw the messaging getting out that, no, 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 this isn't like they're going to make other moves at safety. It's not just, hey, this is the guy we're penciling him as a starter because there's just too much risk there with the injury history. So to me, it's a little bit like the Rashad Penny move, uh, but not you don't have the upside of a penny, but it's just like you're not paying a lot. Uh, it's a position of need. Maybe you like the guy's talent, and let's see what he can give you. So, yeah, I wouldn't get too carried away with that. I would expect him, you know, I would be surprised, honestly, if he was, like, in the mix for real playing time in week one. Not to say it can't happen, but I think that's a that's an unlikely scenario. All right. So next one. And I sent you this one uh, earlier in the week, too. And you you just yeah. you immediately shook your head. You know where I'm going at with this one. So uh, Chauncey Garner Johnson, obviously, he signed with the Detroit Lions for a one year deal. There was a whole situation with his agent talking about you know, one year real three year fake deal or whatever the case may be. And then Chauncey started tweeting some stuff about Eagles fans like, hey. You know, I was just cool with y'all last week. Like, what happened now? You know, now he's the bad guy, quote unquote. Oh, I and didn't I, even see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, so he did the thing where he tweeted out and then deleted the tweets. And then, he you know, obviously, yeah. And then the fans <laughs> turned on him as expected. And that's one thing, too, that if we as Philly fans, we need to stop getting like super attached to some of these guys who come here because, like, Chauncey was great last year. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love his attitude. He is like, he's the, you know, the definition of like what a Philly player is like a hard nosed, tough guy gets in on every tackle. Doesn't literally doesn't miss plays, plays when he can was hurt, came back from a lacerated kidney. Like we love stories like that. Right. But then people love to like trash dudes on the way out uh, because the situation, you know, may not have ended, you know, on good terms. And I'm like, why do we do this like that to me? Like that's the number one thing I hate about 
Philly fans and I am one like I'm a lifelong Philly fan like I bleed green I, you know I watch the Sixers every single night I watch the Phillies damn near every night when they play uh, even though that baseball season is long as hell I watch the Flyers when they're good <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but 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 like the thing the thing is is like there's a weird emotional attachment to to guys like that and then there's a weird like all right well if you're not with us you're against us like I I never understood that mentality so real quick Johnny is back at it this is my boy who was in the group chat who I mentioned last week about calling uh, Darius Slay Little Play Slay after he like left for two hours and then came back. Um, so this is this is the text that was in the Eagles thread here. A big reason why this one in particular sucks is because he's a great player who could have been a Philly legend. He's not Dawkins, but he's the closest thing we've had to a Dawkins. Mind you, I made the mistake of forgetting about Malcolm Jenkins, too. So Akeem, another guy who's like, you know, very much in the group chat. He quickly reminded Johnny that Malcolm Jenkins was a Super Bowl winning safety here as a, you know, as a Philadelphia Eagle, who's really, really good, by the way, too. And, you know, yeah. could possibly get his number retired by the Saints one day, like for all we know, because he did win the Super Bowl there and he's put in some time down in there in New Orleans as well. He came back and said, well, yeah, you know, I think he's better. Than, I think Chauncey Garner Johnson was better than Malcolm Jenkins. And I, I was just I almost threw my phone across the room. So what do you say to that one? Yeah, I think we were pretty consistent because I think one thing that does happen with media sometimes is like once a player uh, moves on or gets traded or signs somewhere else, then they point out kind of some of the you know team messaged criticisms of that player. But Ben and I talked for most of the season, and I thought I was pretty consistent that I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a solid starting safety. I thought the reason for re-signing him would be that he's only 25 and he can grow and become an even better player. This was his first time playing safety. But if we're going off the 2022 film, Johnny, it, it's not close, my friend. Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins was like an all-time player for the Eagles and not just, and I'm, you can even, if you told me there was nothing with the leadership and off field and durability, all, if you took all that away, which he was like elite at all that, and just at his play on the field, the guy was an incredible football player, tough, physical, in the box, smart. I mean, there were games when I was covering the team, he's literally telling Jim Schwartz on the sideline, this is what they're doing. This is what we need to do. And to Jim Schwartz's credit, uh, he would be like, okay, yeah, let, let's do that because they just respected this guy's acumen uh, so much. I mean, he just set the tone in practice. Remember the DeMarco Murray thing where I wasn't covering the team at the time, but DeMarco Murray wasn't practicing or, or something and Malcolm Jenkins came over and gave him a chair. It would be like, you know, all right, you don't want to practice here. You're, you're nicked up a little bit. We don't do that here, but yeah, we can make fun of you a little bit for all those things that he did. Uh, it is not even close to me between Malcolm Jenkins and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So uh, I'm mad yeah, I even had to bring I, I it up. I think he's out of line. I I'm know. So, I'm yeah. so upset I even had to bring it up because I, I really forgot about Malcolm Jenkins a couple weeks ago too when we were yeah. tech. We had the same exact discussion. I was like, my God, how do I forget about Brother Malcolm? Man, what a great, what a great man. player! Did a lot of good player. for the city too while he was here. Like with yes. The whole, a whole still does I think activism yeah. yeah still does a lot of stuff too like damn I I'm still like <laughs> hitting myself over forgetting that one and last one friend of the show your guy Philly vet probably the you know the the sports you know media goat out here in Philly right oh, Ray, yeah Ray probably the goat. probably yeah. the best uh he said Bryce Harper is the best athlete in Philadelphia at the current moment and it got me thinking first of all I saw the top 10 players list uh, from ESPN today uh, ranking the top 10 players in baseball. 
Bryce Harper did not make the appearance, but guess what? Really? One Phillies player did make an appearance. You want to guess who it was? Trey Turner? Yeah. Trey Turner came okay. in at number eight. I believe the top five was Shohei, Mike Trout, uh, Manny Machado. Uh, number three was Aaron Judge. And uh, number five might have been like Nolan Arenado or somebody. I'm, I'm blanking on number okay. five right now. But Bryce Harper who was the MVP last year. Didn't even come in in the top 10. And I think that's due to because he was kind of relegated to being a DH most of the season anyway. And yeah. obviously, most of those guys are pretty good um, two-way players. Um, but but I actually agree with Ray here. And I had my three. I had four candidates who I had in mind as the top four athletes right now in Philly. I had Jalen Hurts. I had Jason Kelsey, I had Joel Embiid, and I had Bryce Harper. And I'm thinking, well, the, the two most accomplished players are easily Jason Kelsey and Bryce Harper. But I would say out of like being like, quote unquote, the athlete, I don't think, J I think Jason Kelsey's fourth out of all those guys. Um, and I, th I think Bryce Harper being a two-time MVP, the run that they had last year, uh, you know, going to the World Series last year, and just the key moments that he had going into that World Series last year, and even in that World Series, I think it's Bryce Harper, and I don't even think it's really that close. Um, really? And B, and B could, yeah, and B could win the MVP this year, and then it'll be closer depending on what the Sixers do at the end of the season. But I think as of today, March 23rd, 2023, I think it's Bryce Harper, and I think it's, I don't think it's really that close. What do you think? So I had three written down. I didn't have Kelsey in there. Kelsey's a great player. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Obviously, resonates with the fans. It's just like a center, you know, kind of compared to these other That's what guys. I'm saying. The skill position. Yeah. Like, and Ben says this all the time. He's like, Jason Kelsey is a skill position player, which is like kind of true right. that the way that they, you know, uh, put him out there, make him like. Yeah, pulls and. Yeah, space, rolls and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, like. Ben, Ben's kind of right. Like, he is kind of like a skill player. He's like a, yeah. a weapon on the field for the Eagles. And he's an all-timer you know, won a Super Bowl ring. I think he was all pro last year in his, yeah. what is this now? T 11th, 12th year in the season. In the yeah. season. He's yeah, been better so. in his thirties than he was earlier in his career. He's made all the all pro teams in his thirties. Great player. I'm just, if I'm going best athlete at Philly to me, it's a three person race. By the way, Trey Turner could easily get in there and make it a four person race. I would say, mm, but for I sure. would say right now it's, it's Harper and Bead and Hertz. I'll be honest. And I'm not like, I, you know, Chris Ryan has talked about how just he has this emotional connection with Embiid and like he need you know, like he needs him to win a championship. It's not just about the experience. And I know there's a lot of people in Philadelphia who feel like that. I think it is Embiid if we're just saying best athlete in Philly right now. And I know there's an easy way you can come back and say he hasn't gotten out of the second round of the playoffs. And that's true. And like a month from now, six weeks from now, if we're talking and they don't get out of the second round again, we can revisit this. But I was just looking at it like who is the guy who's the best in his sport right now. And like, he's either going to be the MVP or top three for MVP. No question. And it's not just one year. It's been, uh, the last three years. Consistent, so he hasn't yeah. had the play. Yeah. He hasn't had the playoff success. I was thinking early, like remember early in his career, like we never thought we were going to get this kind of durability. I know he's been injured yep. for the playoffs, but yep. we never thought we were going to see him play this many games, this many years in a row. Right. His his rookie year, he was up for rookie of the year. I think he played like 35 games or something right. like that. Like that's how yeah. good that's how good this dude has been. But there's been so many moments where uh, you know, he's collapsed in, in big time moments. Like, you know, the zero points versus Toronto was a bad thing. Yeah. Uh it, the just the ending of last season just had a bad taste in people's mouth last year. Um, the Hawks season wasn't really his fault. It was more of like a Ben Simmons uh situation there. But there, it's just like the second round thing just does not get out of my mind. 
I think I I'll say this though. If he get, if he does get MVP this year, especially because of how difficult they've made it for him to get MVP, I think he probably edges out Bryce because Bryce has won yeah. one MVP here. He's won uh, another one out in, obviously out in DC, but then Embiid will probably get like an All NBA second team, which is still crazy to me because yeah, at that point won't it be Jokic who probably gets the first team All NBA center position again? Like it, it I, I think he might be a lock for that again, just depending on how many games he plays. It's just so weird because Embiid has the numbers, he has the stats, he has the all-stars, he has the accolades, but it's the Bryce Harper going to the World Series and what he was doing on that World Series run. Like He had an excellent NLCS, excellent uh, NLDS. Had yeah. uh, he, just have, he just had a phenomenal run last year, and I think last year tipped the scale in his favor compared to Embiid, who unfortunately suffered an orbital fracture last year from Pascal Siakam in the Raptors series. And he was going off in that series too, by the way. And the season just ended abruptly. And I think that's what I have to hold against him. And I think just seeing Bryce make it a deeper run is what puts him over the edge for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's justifiable. I mean, listen, Bryce Harper has been in Philadelphia for four seasons. He won an MVP in one of them. And then he delivered an all-time playoff run, literally hitting the home run that sent the team to the World Series in another one. That's two out of four years. He only gets dinged. You know, if you're saying right now, uh, missed a lot of time last year, is going to miss a lot of time uh, this year. But certainly by the end of the season, he could be right there. And then Jay, let's not forget Jalen Hurts. I mean, second season as a full-time starter, leads the Eagles to a Super Bowl. City, I feel like, has fallen in love with Jalen Hurts. 100%. They're just like, man, we love having this no-nonsense quarterback who's just leadership, work ethic, intangibles, great teammate. You don't have to worry about any anything else other than what's on the field with Jalen Hurts. Like he's written many ways the exact type of athlete uh Philadelphia loves. So the only reason I would go and beat over Hurts right now, and maybe this is crazy, is just like I'm just looking at it like like sport wide. Like I can make the case that. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, you could say those guys uh, are above Jalen Hurts. And I think the list is probably smaller with the way Embiid's playing uh, right now. So those are all three great ones. I guess if I'm going on the record here, oh man, it, 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 best athlete in Philly. Right? I think I'm just, I'm probably dinging Harper too much for the injuries, but I think I'm saying Embiid. I mean, you want to talk about injuries and Embiid, like. I know that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the playoffs, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just it's the chunk of time being missed, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, maybe that's unfair. I don't know. <laughs> all right. But all right, we gotta get the, we gotta ask the people. We need to ask the people to chime in on yeah. it, chime in on this. Can you uh, put your Twitter name out there so the people can add you? That's right. At at Shield Capati, and then don't forget at the Bull Cliff. We got Cliff. It's the most. Cliff it's the most Philly, The most Philly media <laughs> name ever. I will never. I can't change it. So <laughs> I love it. Nor do I want to change it. So I'm going to keep Nor it. Nor do you want to change it. That's right. I love it. All right. On the feed this week, you had Solak and I talking Eagles. You had Raheem and I talking Sixers. We got the High Hopes boys on talking Phillies. We got Cliff's group chat. The feed was filled this week. Ben and I are going to be back next week. I think we're going to get into a bunch of draft stuff, and then we will go from there. Cliff, what do you got to finish Bam, Next week is a huge week for Philly sports next week. You got yeah. a ton of good Sixers games, right? You got the Phillies opening day. You got the draft coming up. I'm hearing more about the draft than I'm hearing about the Sixers run and the Phillies opening day. I I can't wait for next week till we get all this content out. I really can't. 
It's going to be awesome. March, April is going to be a fun time. Thanks to everybody for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe. And unless there's breaking news, we will be back talking to you Monday or Tuesday uh, of next week on the Ringers Philly Special.